Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. This week's episode will be a quick bite, one of our shorter mini episodes. A quick bite is just as it sounds, short, quick, and easy to listen to, and we get straight to the facts so you can get back to your busy day. We hope you're enjoying these, and don't forget to subscribe to Order Up on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. I'm Carly McBride, Marketing Program Manager and your host for this week. Joining me today is Angelo Amador, Executive Director of the Restaurant Law Center. For those who aren't aware, the Restaurant Law Center is an independent public policy organization affiliated with the National Restaurant Association, the largest food service trade association in the world. The Law Center was officially established in 2016 to enhance the industry's voice in the judicial system. Nationally, the restaurant industry comprises over 1 million restaurant and food service outlets employing over 14 million people. That's approximately 10% of the American workforce. Restaurants and other food service providers are the nation's second largest private sector employers. Angelo is joining us to discuss an extremely relevant and timely topic, COVID-19 vaccinations. The global pandemic brought the restaurant industry to a screeching halt in the spring of 2020, and the last 14 months have proven to be some of the most challenging and unprecedented times for restaurant owners and operators. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. COVID-19 vaccinations are here and are being distributed more and more widely across the country. Angela will discuss what restaurants need to know as they offer this vaccine to their workforce. So, Angelo, I know this is an extremely busy time for you and for your team. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. To start us off, can you give us an introduction of yourself and a quick overview of your role with the Restaurant Law Center? Thank you. Yes, I am uh, Angelo Amador. I'm the executive director of the Restaurant Law Center. I'm also regulatory counsel for the National Restaurant Association. As to the Restaurant Law Center, we represent the industry in the courtroom, but more important, uh, we try to keep our members out of court with information on best practices and compliance. And of course, now during COVID-19, a lot of our work has been uh, around how to stay uh, from being sued uh, with regards to all of the intricacies of the COVID-19 regulations. I'm sure you've been very busy. <laughs> uh, COVID-19 vaccines are becoming more widely available across the country. Where does the restaurant industry stand right now in terms of worker vaccinations? Well, thank you for asking that question. Yes, we fought very hard to get our essential workers at the front of the line uh, for the vaccine so we could reopen more quickly and continue to operate in a safe manner. I, as a lawyer, can drive a brief from the comfort of my house and even attend court hearings via Zoom, but most restaurant workers don't have that same flexibility as food preparation, even for delivery, still plays still takes place in restaurant kitchens. So with a team of essential workers. So it was important to be able to get them vaccinated uh, early. So we were, of course, after uh, first responders, but we were there at the front of the line. And now in every single state, restaurant workers have access to the vaccine by appointments. And in many cases, they just have to walk in. Tell me a bit more about the state vaccine tracker. Uh, where can our listeners access this tool and how can it help uh, restaurants to encourage vaccinations among their workforce? Well, it is available in our website at restaurantlawcenter.org in the tab for COVID-19 resources. The tracker has links to every single state and Puerto Rico uh, and the District of Columbia 
with vaccination information. So anybody that wants to get a vaccine does not know where to start. All they have to do is they go to uh, the restaurant law center, go to the tracker, find their state, and it will have a link to the state's website with all the information on where to go and how to get a vaccine. That sounds like a great resource. We'll be sure to put that link in our show notes for the listeners. We've heard a lot about whether vaccines are mandatory. So what legal issues should operators consider with these vaccines? Well, as of right now, and again, I I caution our listeners that the government, state, federal, and, and, and local seem to be changing regulations daily. But as of right now, whether the vaccine is mandatory or not uh, has been left to each employer to decide. So far, what I have seen from the federal government points towards allowing employers to mandate the vaccine as a condition of employment uh, with certain restrictions. Now, the federal government or state governments, I don't know of any that is mandating the vaccine. But more may come out still in the form of guidance from any of these resources. Um, There are some considerations and accommodations that might need to be given because of a disability, for example, like someone might be allergic to the available vaccines. But regardless, I personally recommend for employers to take more of an encouraged approach over the mandate approach. But right now, legally, if you follow uh, uh, certain restrictions, you can mandate uh, the vaccine for your employees. Yes, got it. So can operators require employees to provide proof of vaccination without violating Title II of GINA? And can you explain what GINA is to our listeners? So taking a step back, the GINA um, stands for the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, uh, or GINA, and it prohibits employers and other entities covered by GINA from requesting or requiring genetic information of an individual or family member of the individual. Now, That doesn't include proof of vaccination. You can ask for proof of vaccination on the GNAT. That doesn't include any information with regards to genetics. What you should not be asking about is about family members. You know, the the family members take a vaccine. You can ask, have you had contact with someone diagnosed or showing symptoms? But, you know, I would stay away from, from asking for family information that might take you into violating GNAT. Got it. How should operators handle employees' objections to getting a vaccine, for example, um, for reasons of disability, religious grounds, or perhaps an allergy? Well, uh, here it's a a simple answer. You know, it it comes down to whether you're mandating the vaccine or you're encouraging the vaccine. If you're encouraging the vaccine, I mean, you can continue to encourage uh, people to, to take it. If you're mandating the vaccine, then there are some objections you know, the simple one, hey, I just don't want to do it. I don't feel it's safe. That uh, you do not need to accommodate. But if it's a disability, then then there are certain things that you would need to do. Uh, so again, it depends on it's, whether it's mandatory or encouraged. Okay. Thinking a little bit about our workforce. So if a restaurant has a policy mandating employees to get the vaccine, but the employee refuses, the restaurant could let the employee go, but right now restaurants are in need of every single employee that they have. So do you have any advice on how they might accommodate both of these? Well, and this is very, very important and a very interesting issue, right? Because you know your employees better. We ask uh, employers, you know, try to talk to your employees and see where they're at. I mean, if the majority of them uh, are already willing to uh, take the vaccine, you might want to mandate it. But one of the reasons that we suggest that you encourage as opposed to mandate uh, the vaccine is like 
there's still quite a high percentage of individuals that for one reason or another are not getting vaccinated. And the question is, you need to apply whatever policy you come up with in a equal manner. So you cannot decide that you're gonna keep Joey and, and fire Joni because one decided to not get vaccinated for any reason and the other one decided that they were not gonna do it for disability because then you're gonna run into problems. So instead of mandating it, we suggest that you encourage it because again, as you mentioned with the shortage of employees, it might be difficult to fill those positions. Definitely. So what else are employers doing to encourage or even incentivize uh, their workers to get vaccinated? So exactly, I, I believe that encouraging it's right now the way to go. At some point, you know, when you get to, you only have one or two employees that are just refusing to get vaccinated for no legal reason, then you might want to mandate it. But right now, you know, make it easy for employees to get vaccine, you know, provide time off for the vaccine itself, provide time off for people to recover. You know, we have heard about side effects, provide education and the safety of the vaccine and the need to get her immunity, pay or reimburse the cost of getting to the vaccine. Um, the vaccine itself is free uh, usually, but if they there might be some transportation costs, uh, uh, find out, uh, I've seen people that find out where the closest place, uh, vaccination place is to the place of work and, and provide transportation there. And I have even heard about places giving one free drink to anyone that shows uh, with a vaccination card. So people are getting creative and, and we suggest try to get creative as well to try to get as many people in your workforce vaccinated. Now, I would also say for those that refuse, you can have different requirements for those that are not vaccinated than those that are vaccinated. For example, you know, we expect the, the mask requirement to be done away, but it might be done away just for those that uh, have been vaccinated and not for those that are non-vaccinated, or they might have to work um, in the back of the house as opposed to as waiter and waitress to have, you know, if you're not vaccinated. So there are some accommodations that can be done and they can be done based on whether you're vaccinated or not. But as encouraging, uh, get creative. Uh, I saw the state of New York is giving tickets for uh, a net, a Mets or a New York Yankees game. So, you know, we don't have that access, but there are certain things that we can do to encourage people. I like all those ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about vaccine information, uh, some operators are engaging third parties to collect vaccine information. Tell us a little bit more about this and why they're doing it. Well, it's a, it's a smart thing to do. I mean, if, if you take in consideration that as restaurants, you know, we are into the hospitality business. We are, we are all becoming more and more experts into health just because of the coverage. But, you know, third-party companies may have uh, a safer way to assess vaccine readiness without running afoul of privacy laws. They, they would be better able to keep the information in a safe manner away from your own files. They may have apps uh, that are designed just to gather the information and keep it stored separately. So there's a number of uh, things that experts would have or people that concentrate just on doing this that a restaurant may not have or may not want to invest uh, in having. And of course, you know, the uh, idea of uh, keeping this uh, health and privacy uh, health information separate from other human resources records that you may have in the office or in the restaurant. Great. 
So shifting a little bit to getting back to normal, how do you feel this vaccine distribution and implementation will impact the return of in-house dining? Well, you know, it's very interesting that that we did a survey and we asked those restaurants that are thinking of mandating the vaccine if they plan to inform the public. And two thirds of them said either yes or they're really seriously considering. The, The reason for that is, you know, we want the public to know that going back out to dinner uh, is safe again. Uh, Vaccine distribution is a key factor to getting the restrictions lifted, if nothing else, uh, but also to give people a sense of security to understand that the workforce is vaccinated, the the people sitting at the table next to you are also vaccinated. So one is, of course, lifting the restrictions and the other one is, is of course, perception and, and getting people feeling safe to go back out to dinner. I'm looking forward to all of that. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot to consider here, but perhaps even more opportunity for restaurants. So where can they go for some more information? Well, we had a comprehensive webinar on webinars on vaccines uh, back in February, and the information is still very relevant. You know, a lot of what we said, you know, we talk about GINA, we talk about the American with Disabilities Act, we talk about religious uh, objections, we talk about all of that and what you can waive, what you need to... uh, um, provide accommodations for and what you can just deny the request. So you can watch that webinar on demand. Um, There's no cost. You go again to the same website, Restaurant Law Center altogether, restaurantlawcenter.org. You go to our compliance library and watch the webinar that is titled Taking a Shot at COVID-19, What Restaurants Need to Know About Vaccinating the Workforce. So again, it's, it's available for anyone to watch and the information is still very relevant today. Yes, that webinar was outstanding. I watched it as well, and we will be sure to link that uh, for our listeners in the show notes so they can check that out as well. So in closing, what are you most hopeful for as the industry returns to a normal operating status? I got to say, you know, I have been with the National Restaurant Association and the Restaurant Law Center for over a decade. And I think that the thing that I admire the most is the creativity of our industry. And it has been in full display during this pandemic. I truly feel we are in the upswing. We're starting to see, as you mentioned, a shortage of workers. And this month's restaurants told us that employee recruiting is not their number one concern. And the pandemic came second. Uh, Last year at this time, uh, the pandemic was number one and employee recruiting was not even uh, on the list. I hope that the governments at the state and federal level will take note of the precarious status of the industry as we continue to come out of uh, an unprecedented uh, situation and continue with policies from immigration to labor regulations that help the industry get back on its feet uh, to where it was before the pandemic. And from there, you know, so we can continue with some strong growth, which was already on the upswing in 2019. and, And this has been devastating. So again, we're not out of the woods yet, as they would say. Uh, And I hope that state, local, and federal government realize that. And instead of uh, putting more barriers for growth, start taking more policies uh, to help us come out of this stronger than ever. And the best is yet to come. I agree. Angelo, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. This has been very insightful and helpful uh, as these operators uh, go forward and vaccinate their workforce. So thank you for all the information and we'll talk soon. Thank you for the invitation. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. 
follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.